and welcome to the Cooking Sustainably podcast. This is Marcy, your friendly neighborhood dietitian. Hi, I'm Joe, your misinformed consumer. All right, so today we're going to talk about uh, food budgets. Okay. And um, we personally are on a very tight food budget. Yes, very tight. So we're going to talk about how to eat healthy and sustainably mm. on a tight food budget. Okay. And first of all, we're going to start with some stats. All right. Okay, because I know you like numbers. Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I just like hearing how things are going or what's happening, you know. Yeah, so a lot of people are on a food budget. We're not alone. Mm-hmm. And food seems to be getting expensive. Oh, it is. And so let's just put this all in perspective. Uh, according to a Gallup poll, uh, the average... American family spends about $150 a week on food. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that number rises to $180 a week um, with a higher income family. Okay. Okay. Which is it doesn't seem like a lot. Seems like it's skewed. Right. So, you know, that's a Gallup poll. So right. then I decided, well, let's look at USDA because they collect numbers on everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, so... According to the USDA, the average grocery bill for a family of four, they put it into tiers. So you have the low end, which is um, a $700 to $800 a month mm, okay. grocery bill. And then they have a moderate spending, which is around $800 to about $1,100. Okay. And then those who like to spend a lot of money on food, that can go as high as $1,300 a month. Wow. Wow. It's a big budget. Yeah, that's a lot of money for food. Mm. Um, and then they could break it down. So a medium income family, uh, so like your, your middle income people, okay, uh, spend about 13.4% of their income on food. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, but when they looked at low income families, low income families were spending more. They were spending 34% of their income on food. Oh, proportionally more of their income, so it's a higher percentage. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's just because the middle income families spend more money on other things, like uh, other services. Yeah. yeah. High-speed internet, cable right. packages. Exactly. Guitar lessons. And then when you look at eating at home versus <laughs> eating at a restaurant or away from home, yeah, the numbers get more interesting. So in 2014... We spent, that means Americans, spent 5.5% of, of our food budget at home and 4.3% of our food budget away from home. Wow, that's quite a bit, actually. And especially when you look at, um, in 1960, um, compared to today, in 1960, 14% of the food budget was spent at, or of your budget was spent at home, hmm. And four, less than 4% was spent in restaurants or away from home. Okay. So it's really interesting to see, you know, like how, where, we're, where we've come. Okay, yeah. And then disposable income on food. In 1960, we were spending 17.5% of our disposable income on food. Mm-hmm. And in 2014, that has gone down to 9.8% of our disposable income on food. Wow. So we've hmm. had a shift. Yeah. And this is just, these are just averages. Hmm. Um, and then when you look at meat and poultry consumption, 
Um, in 2012, the whole year, the average American ate 71.2 pounds of red meat. And red meat includes pork, lamb, beef, um, all those mm. types of meats. Okay. And then we, we um, ate 54.1 pounds on poultry. Okay. Wow. So there's a lot of colon stoppers out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but actually, since 1960 or 1970, I, I think it's 1970, um, we have seen a decrease in red meat consumption mm-hmm. and an increase in poultry consumption. Right. Okay. Okay. So it kind of goes in line with like health um, dietary guidelines where they were saying eat less red meat, mm-hmm. more poultry. Right. Um, it really has nothing to do with anything else other than like um, people thinking that red meat's bad for you um, because of cholesterol and all those kinds kinds of things. Okay. And then um, and then one more thing I wanted to look at was organic food sales. Okay. So organic food sales as a whole is about five percent of our total food. Uh, market. Really? But it seems like it's everywhere because of the TV. It's it is everywhere. everywhere. But it, it, considering where it started out in the early 2000s, which was around 2%, mm-hmm. now it's up to 5%. That's a, that's, and each year it's increasing. So a 250% increase. Right. And if it increase, and this is why like the big food manufacturers all have organic labels. Okay. Um, so uh, I can't think of any big examples, but like all of them have some sort of like, either they've purchased an organic food label or they have created their own, own organic food label. Oh, okay, yeah. So this is actually this is a very growing emerging market in in food. Okay. Still is growing. Okay. So that's where we are, and I don't know what what you all spend, those who are listening, but um, I'd say that we. And our family, we have a family of four. We spend about six hundred to seven hundred dollars a month on food. Wow, that's lower than average. It is. Even on the the low end of the income. Mhm. And we don't eat eat out very often. No. No. So I cook a lot. Mhm. And every um, day. Yeah, I cook every day. So uh, it makes a huge difference. Mhm. So. If you're looking to have a healthy or and a sustainable diet, how do you do this on a budget? How are we doing this on $600 a month? <laughs> Very carefully. <laughs> Very carefully. Uh, so one of the things that we um, did was we started to forgo meat. Oh, yeah. So we have adopted a flexitarian diet. What's a flexitarian diet? So a flexitarian diet is it's like a modified vegetarian diet. So we eat meat, mm-hmm. and we just don't eat it very often. No, we don't. And so we we really do the meatless Mondays, tofu Tuesdays. Those you know those. Like we did this week already. Yeah, like <laughs> we did like last night. We had a tofu stir fry. Um, stir fry. Um, so we really do take advantage of like having at least two to three meals per week that are um, sans meat, not mm-hmm. meat. Cool. Yep. And then, and the reason why you do this is because beef is actually very energy intensive to produce, especially conventionally raised beef. Oh, it is. 
So lots of fossil fuels, lots of things going into um, raising that cattle, butchering that cattle, and getting it to your, to oh, your yeah. table. Um, so leading into that, since we eat meat less often, that means that we're pickier about our meat. Yeah, and so how are you picky about the meat? So I'm picky by, I want to choose, if I'm going to eat beef, which is a, we consider beef a luxury for us. Yeah. So I choose grass-fed beef. Okay. And and then if I can find pastured pork, I'll choose that. That's harder to find. Mm-hmm. There's less purveyors of that. Yes. Um, some, I feel like when we lived in Montana, we had way more options when it came to more sustainably raised meat mm-hmm. than we have in when we lived in Ohio or even out here in Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's out there. You just have to look for it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then choosing more free-range um, poultry. Okay. If not, you can. Not just cage-free, but free-range. Right. You want to make sure there's... Cage-free doesn't necessarily mean that the chicken's seeing the outdoors. It just means that they're not cooped up into those little cages. Yeah. That they're, they're probably still in a barn. Right. Um, and they just have, like, they have access to the outdoors. It doesn't mean that they're actually going to go outdoors. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then also choosing your fruits and vegetables wisely. Um, you know, organic is popular, but it's also expensive. Oh, yeah. It's really expensive when you go and look at the store. Yeah. So, you know, we don't always buy, not everything that we buy is organic. So, we I'm choosy. Like, mm-hmm. So I go by the Environmental Working Group, and they have the Dirty Dozen. So they have a list of a dozen produce items that are really heavy in the pesticides. So these are the ones that you should choose to be organic if you can afford it. Okay. And the first one's strawberries. Oh, yeah. Mm. And then apples, um, nectarines, peaches, celery, grapes, cherries, spinach, tomatoes, bell peppers, uh, cherry tomatoes, cucumbers, and then they add on um, hot peppers and kale. Okay. So these are the items that they're finding a lot of pesticide residue on these. And they actually, this list um, changes each year. So um, this is the list for, that they compiled for 2015. And so next year they'll have another list. And honestly, Cherries are, or not cherries, but strawberries are always on the list. Is, so when you wash these vegetables, does do those pesticides come off? Some. Oh, so some may stay on it, or are actually because they're growing with them. Right. On the they'll be inside. Yeah, especially strawberries. Strawberry, oh. like if you non-organic strawberries, they use some really. Um, some really bad pesticides to take care of all the pests that affect strawberries. Mm-hmm. And um, so strawberries can be, you know, it's hard to get all that pesticide off of there. Yeah. So you're better off choosing organic with these vegetables, fruit mm-hmm. and vegetables. Okay. So the next tip I have is growing your own food. Mm, fun. It is actually fun. It is fun, but um, this is not something that everybody can do. No. So I realized that we um, we haven't owned a house for a really long time. So we've been renting and 
Each time we rent, we usually ask if we can, you know, dig a garden in the backyard. Yeah, well, we're renting a, a single-family home with yard space. Yeah, so um, our landlord currently um, has allowed us to dig a, a garden, mm-hmm. and so we have a small plot. It's not very big. Right. Um, and so I'm actually able to put in... I can't put in everything that we want to eat, but um, I have put in a lot of food into a, a 10 by 6 space. 10 by 6 or? Was it 10 by 6? No, it's like a 10 by uh, 12. Yeah. A 10 by 12 space. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, so, you know, I have leeks, I have onions, carrots. You know, it's, I have a, like uh, a lot of things that I'm going to use throughout the year. Yeah, you even have peas. I even have peas. Beans. And Brussels sprouts. Oh, yeah. Um, So, growing your own food, I have to wait. So, we're still spending money on fruits and vegetables. Yes. But um, as the summer rolls along, we'll be able to harvest some of our own food. Okay. So, if you're growing your own food, uh, how else would you do it? If you can't, like, hey, my lord, can I dig up a space? (laughs) No. What do I do now? So, the next thing would be if you have a little bit of a, if you have a sunny patio or porch and you can grow things in containers yeah container garden we've done that yeah we've done that as well when we lived in the city of chicago so um you can grow peppers tomatoes usually cherry tomatoes work better um you can even grow strawberries Mm -hmm. lettuces there's a lot of things you can grow herbs a lot of Mm -hmm. things you grow in containers right um you're not gonna it's not gonna make up a whole month a whole lot of your food budget, especially container growing, but mm-hmm. you know, a little bit does help here and there, and it might um, spur you into cooking a little bit more at home. Yeah, it does, especially when the ingredients are fresh, they taste better. Yeah, so, or if you live in an area, an urban area, and they have community gardening space, mm-hmm. check out one of those. We did, when we lived in Montana, we lived in an apartment complex that actually had uh, community gardens. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a really cool little thing that they had taken a whole plot of land and they had made separate plots. And so you could pay like 10 bucks per season to go plant whatever you wanted right. in your plot. Yeah, and people grew a lot. Yeah, so it was really awesome to like just drive by it because people were growing everything they could. Yeah. And Montana has a really small, uh, really short growing season. So it was, you can grow a lot of things in a short amount of time, but it was... It was great to see. Yeah, a lot of people using hoop houses and things to, you know, keep everything warm. Yeah, so, you know, look into growing some of your own food if Mm -hmm. you can. Uh, The next tip I have, and this is one of the things that I do all the time, is to shop in the bulk food section of the grocery store. Oh, yeah. And this is where we find our legumes, so lots of lentils. My steel-cut oats. Your steel-cut oats. Um, nuts, rice, and find a little grocery store. Like uh, we have a locally owned grocery store near us that they have a really awesome uh, bulk food section. It's reasonably priced. Oh yeah. And um, I can control how much I'm gonna how much I'm gonna buy. If I want a pound of something, two pounds of something. Um, so really check out the bulk food section. Yeah. It also you know because. And you have to weigh what you buy so that you make sure you stay within your budget. Yeah, yeah. So Use price that scale. Per pound. Like yeah. especially if you're on a pretty tight budget, you wanna like 
<laughs> spend a lot of money, um, really do weigh out the ingredients. Yeah. Right? Use that scale. Don't sit there and go, okay, this bag's full. I'll take this up. Yeah. No, it, you know, you got 10 pounds of like, you know, organically grown walnuts. All of a sudden you got like, you know, a hundred bucks. Right. <laughs> uh, and then the next thing, and this is kind of hard, uh, is to stop buying processed foods. <gasps> I know it's big. It's hard. No ho-hos, no Twinkie? Yeah, we should be eating those anyway. Come uh, we on. Don't. We don't. Eat them. <laughs> we eat the occasional Oreo. Oh, it's because they're, they're like evil. They yeah, put something in there. Yeah, Oreos are evil. They're like cigarettes. There's something secretive <laughs> There's in there. There's something that, addictive about Oreos. And Cheez-Its. You know. um, so, or maybe not buying, but like maybe decreasing the amount of processed foods. Oh, yeah. But let's look at it that way. You're mm -hmm. just... And that way, you're. And if you're gonna buy a processed food, choose the store brand. Oh yeah. If it's available. Mhm. Mm um, store brand Oreos are not as good as a real thing. No, they're not. So. We've tried that. Yeah, it's just not the same. We're, we're, uh, just. Just be realistic. Be cautionary, to listeners. We may buy Oreos maybe once a month or once every couple months. This <laughs> yeah, is not this like is we're not sitting <laughs> off to the edge, munching <laughs> them and covered in Oreos and ice cream or something like that. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I think our kids would rather have that. They would like to do that every day. Yes. Our kids would rather be eating Oreos every day, if they could. Um, and then the next tip I have is to choose local foods if possible. Okay. Um, so how do you do that? So you need to look for farmer's markets. Okay. And you need to look for CSAs. And yeah. I realize that sometimes this can get pricey. Oh, yeah, because only people that go to them can really afford all the stuff there. Um, but that's not to say you can't find deals. And I, when we went to the farmer's markets and we were just living in Cincinnati, um, there was a grower that grew um, Roma tomatoes. Oh, they, they were excellent, And too. they were really awesome tomatoes, and they had a really great price per pound. Mm -hmm. And um, I was better than the grocery store. And... So I could go home. I went home and I made tomato sauce or fruit. Yeah, oh, I canned yeah. the tomatoes. So um, you can find deals. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can barter a little bit with the farmer. Um, but do realize that, um, that these growers, this is their livelihood. And, um, you know, they really depend on the market for their oh, yeah. income. And so don't barter too much and, and realize that in order to pay for local food, you kind of do have to pay a little bit of a premium. Right. So it goes back to choosing your food wisely. Yeah, and uh, the other uh, uh, caveat to that and the reality of it is that those small farmers, those small organic farmers or those local farmers at the farmer's market, they make between twenty and 30000 a year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's so not they're, like you're, they're making a ton of money. They're not making a whole lot of money. So, so take that into consideration. Um, you can make a deal with a farmer, but especially if you're buying a, a high quantity. Right. Um, and then, so you can also look for CSAs, which are community mm -hmm. supported agriculture. And sometimes there's more low-income CSAs popping up around where you don't have to spend, the, you know, six or $700 at the beginning of the season, but maybe you can pay, um, you know, a weekly fee or a bi-weekly fee or something or, like yeah, that. Yeah, or they, I've seen a sliding scale. Yeah. On some of them. And then some of them I read, this was a while back, they were doing the pay it forward 
where someone who paid for their own share and then paid extra for someone else. Someone else who couldn't afford it. Right. So you just need to check out the CSAs in your area um, and see what's available. Yeah. And um, and then so then the next thing is, and this is probably how we save the most money per month, is cooking from scratch. Oh yeah. And I realize that this is not a feasible for everybody out there. Um, I am a trained chef, so I have a background with cooking, and so I know how to make meals, um, an inexpe- inexpensive meal. Right. And I know how to do it quickly. Oh, yeah. So um, this might take a little bit of time, especially if you're not so savvy in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, you may need to start off with some basic uh, meals to get you started, and you may need to enlist the help of other family members. Really? Yeah, so the spouse. Oh, my gosh, no. Yeah, somebody else needs to start helping out. Um, teenage kids, even younger kids, um, <laughs> if they're, uh, if you trust them to make a meal. Well, well that, you got to get them out, out, you know, away from their room, off the computer, off the device, off right. the phone. Right, you know, you have to get, yeah, yeah, that's right. You have to yeah. peel them away from the screen. Yeah, you do. <laughs> come, help, come help out in the kitchen. Um but to cook from scratch, it takes planning. Mm-hmm. And and that's the next thing I've always done is to plan out what we're going to be eating. I plan it out. Um, I look at the full month, yeah. which I know not everybody's going to do. So maybe you just look at a week mm-hmm. and you write your, you know, your weekly menu. And then um, you write your grocery list based on your menu. Okay. And you always put in time for leftovers. Yeah. And maybe reinventing the leftover the next day, or I don't care what you do with the leftovers. Yeah, if you make uh, spaghetti with meat sauce, you know, like a sauce on it or whatever, you can have baked spaghetti the next day. That's right. You can always do something with leftovers. Um, And and then when you shop, you have a shopping list. Hmm. And one of the things, you never go to a grocery store hungry. Right. It's so true. Oh, yeah, it is. You're like standing there and you haven't eaten anything yet. And you're just like, I could just try that right now. And then you wind up buying that. You end then, up buying a lot of different Oh, things. that looks good, too. That's right. And then your whole food budget's blown. Yeah. Right? Um, and then you want to think about cooking meals. Like, think about um, rustic foods. What do you mean, rustic? So, like, rustic Italian. Okay. And soups and things like that. So, um... What, what does that mean? So, you're, you're really looking at... So, somebody who's maybe a low-income family in, you know... I always look back at, like, 1800s, for instance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't look back that far. But what were they eating back then, besides uh, mutton... Yeah, um, <laughs> or if you're in Ireland, you know, <laughs> there's the famine, so I don't know. I mean, but, but you're looking at like they they <laughs> used as much as they could, and they did a lot with very little. So they mm-hmm. used like, um, so if they had meatloaf, you know, more things went in the meatloaf besides just meat. So it was yeah. like maybe they were stretching the meatloaf out to feed um, a family of ten. So right. you have to like think that way. Like, how do I make my food go further? Right. So that's more of a rustic way of eating. Well, and then, like, rustic Italian is, like, you know, they eat a lot of pastas, mm-hmm. a lot of rice dishes. Um, even, like, you go, go rustic 
um, Tex-Mex and rustic French. It's yeah. like real basic foods. You're not doing anything really complicated. Yeah, and, and the other thing too with that and the idea of rustic is also raid your pantry if you haven't used something in a while. Oh yeah, and you cook from your pantry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So or cook from the pantry or the freezer. Right. Um, and that's a good way, especially like if you've got vegetables that have been in the in your refrigerator a little bit too long, uh, maybe it's time to make a, a frittata or a quiche or some sort of egg dish where you mm-hmm. can use up vegetables. Yeah. And, um, and then you have a meal. Um, and you can always save your vegetable scraps. You can save, if you have a roast chicken, you can save that carcass and you can make stock. Oh, yeah, which we do. That's good stuff. And the stock can be used later on. You can mm-hmm. freeze it, and then you can use it in soups. You can mm-hmm. use it in sauces. I don't, you know, you can use yeah. stock and everything. Yeah, and also kind of learning to can and freeze. Yeah, so that's the next thing. So if you're growing um, your own fruits and vegetables and you have an overabundance of, mm-hmm. of items, you need to learn how to preserve it for later on in the season. Right. So for the winter time. So that means canning it, freezing it, um, you know, utilize those methods. Right. And that way you will save money all year round. Yeah. It, it helps you keep the, you know, it's not just you're thinking it all at once. You can think year round, everything occurs because you did this thing earlier in the year. You save stuff and now you have all these things in your pantry you can carry it forward into the winter when things get really expensive. Right, and that and that also leads into um, eating seasonally. Yeah. So oh, yeah. if you eat fruits and vegetables while they're in season, mm-hmm. you'll save more money. Yeah. So uh, right now we're coming out of the uh, citrus season, mm. and we're getting into spring, and spring brings um, asparagus and peas. Oh, yeah. And in June, we'll start seeing strawberries. Mm. Uh, so if you eat in season, then, um, you'll save a little bit more money. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I'd like to reiterate, this is possible because like you said, we live between six and six fifty a month on our food budget with four people. Right. And we do eat dinner. We do eat every day and we have enough around to eat. Right. So that's and something we got to put out there. <laughs> Our kids are not starving. Um, no, they eat a lot. They eat a lot. And we have some very hungry, hungry children. Mm-hmm. Um, they're growing and they're reaching the teen years, so they're going to start eating even more. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if there's any snacks, we do buy some snacks because you have to keep them fed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do bake a lot. You know, I'm not going to be buying a lot of packaged foods if I'm going to, if we're going to have anything like bread or, um, you know, cookies or anything like that, I'm making that myself. Right. So, um, that's something to think about, you know, it depends on how much time you have. Um, but that's how we're able to make it work. Yeah. And like, uh, let's say someone needs like some help or direction. Is there a way for them to like, say, shoot us a a question or... Yeah, you can you can go to our website at cookingsustainably.com. There's a comment form on there. You can also email us at cookingsustainably at gmail.com. Um, mm. And that's the best way. You can ask me questions. I'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. Oh, yeah. Um, my website does have a lot of 
uh, basic recipes. I'm starting to put even more on there. Yeah. Um, and I even have a picture of our garden on there. So I'm going oh, to yeah. be having garden updates to show everybody, you know, yeah. our small little garden and how much food we can actually get into a, that space. And um, so, yeah, if you guys want to check us out. Yeah. And then the other thing I forgot uh, while we were talking about gardening is that you can go to your um, your local nursery or greenhouse or whatever, whoever's operating, and they can talk to you about how to grow things in containers in a garden space and what grows in your uh, zone. Oh, yeah, that's very important is to go to a local um, nursery and really talk to somebody who who knows um, a horticulturalist or somebody in the area, who re- a master gardener, for instance, who really knows how to grow things in your area. Uh, we just moved to uh, Whidbey Island on Washington, so our growing season here is actually pretty long. Um, so we were actually able to grow a lot. Start we I started my garden in April, right? And it's already I'll probably be able to harvest in June, mm. and then I'll start the second garden. Right. Yeah. So, um, but when we lived in Montana, we could really couldn't start gardening until June. Yeah. <laughs> and then it ended like in September. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it really, depending on where you live, some some places, like in California, you can grow year-round. Yeah, um, which is something to remember. Which is, which is great to know. Like, you should be in contact with a master gardener or a horticulturalist or somebody at a local nursery. Yeah, yeah go to your local nursery. They have a lot of information. Plus, you know, you got to remember seeds. You can pick, pick up a packet of seeds for like a buck, a oh, buck yeah. and a half. Yeah, seeds are relatively cheap, so you can get... You can buy the little plants, um, but some things will start directly from seed in your garden, mm-hmm. like carrots, yeah, um, cucumbers. Mm-hmm. You know, those are you know those are inexpensive, and you get like a packet of seeds, and you know you'll have you can get several plants out of mm-hmm. that packet. Yeah. So that's a that's a good thing to know, and like and always, you know, I did write a little blog post on our website um, about how to get started with gardening. Always start small if you never really done it before yeah go out there and get dirty yeah so (laughs) that's what we're doing to save money and to eat as sustainably as possible um if you have any questions for us please contact us at cookingsustainably.com and um so next time we're going to talk about whole fat dairy wow whole fat dairy yeah whether or not we should be drinking it oh but uh yeah so there are some studies coming out mm-hmm. about um, full-fat dairy and its be- and health benefits. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to kind of discuss that because it's, it's timely, and I think people are confused about low-fat and, you know, full-fat foods. Yeah. So and, we're going to talk about And why that. you should be not be using non-fat yeah. half and half. Yeah. Please, please <laughs> get away from the non-fat stuff. Um, but we'll talk about that a little bit more. And, um, and until next time. Yeah. Have a good day. Have a good day.